Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. You're listening to a Mint podcast. Brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi everyone, this is Shovik and welcome to the Mint Techsetra podcast. I cover technology for Mint where we try to make boring tech sound cool for you and hope that we don't end up making cool tech sound boring. Tune in as we decode the latest from the world of technology in India and around the world every week. Those of you listening to the Techsetra podcast, uh, we are joined today by Jaya Jagdish. Jaya heads operations in India for AMD. Now, AMD is a company that I have been familiar with for years now. And a little bit of a personal anecdote to start with is that decades ago, maybe about 15 to 20 odd years ago, building a custom desktop PC was a thing. And uh, as a kid, I was always interested in gaming. And uh, I used to have this group of friends who uh, were all into gaming and we'd all sort of exchange notes on building a PC and the whole nine yards. And AMD, I remember uh, when I was trying to build a PC, they had come up with a new series of uh, ATI Radian is what it was called, I think, back then. And uh, they sort of came up with these new set of graphics cards, which were probably one of the first that sort of really challenged the desktop GPU section to sort of do even better and, and look at different alternatives from NVIDIA. So the reason why I share this anecdote is because AMD has since then always been this company that has been super, super interesting. And today, of course, globally, AMD is one of the most important semiconductor companies in terms of their engineering, their products, not just on the consumer side, but also on the enterprise side. And uh, we have Jaya with us. Jaya, thank you so much for taking time out to join us for the TechCetera podcast. So I'll just start this conversation with one question from my side that given that you lead a tech company in India, when you start your day, what are the things that you sort of look at? Do you, do you start your day just like say any of us do and you know, just get started with the work and all the meetings and the calendar schedules and emails and so on? Or do you sometimes look back and think that, hmm, you know, I'm actually heading a tech company that actually has fans and followers and millions of users around the world and that actually makes a difference to people's lives? Thank you, Shavik. It's uh, great to be part of this conversation. You seem to know quite a bit about AMD's history, which is very heartening. Uh, now, it's an interesting question, what you've asked. You know, honestly, I uh, start my day like most people do. I first thing, wake up, check my emails, check my calendar, and then, you know, start planning for the day. That's pretty much a normal day. But, you know, yeah. every once in a while, when there's an event or someone 
contacts me uh, about amd or you know asks me about the growth path i mean that's when you really reflect back and see how far uh, we have come and how interesting this whole journey has been now especially the growth in of amd in india uh, it's been an amazing journey for uh, all of us who have started with the company way back so it's it's a combination of uh, both i guess i mean every once in a while i mean especially couple months ago uh, amd has a, had a large presence in semicon uh, 23 a conference right. uh, for the semiconductor industry organized by the government of india and uh, just the recognition and you know amd's participation and presence uh, a major player in the india ecosystem kind of uh, it it honestly a lot of us uh, it was a very overwhelming experience to see the growth of the company there have always uh, there have there have also been times of struggle uh, you know if you look back at amd we were always not the topmost company there have been our own struggles Uh, so looking at all that it it just feels great to be where we are and and semiconductors playing a huge role in people's lives i mean it's a wonderful satisfying feeling as well right absolutely and since we we, we of course uh, this conversation would be towards the entire semiconductor industry jay you've seen being at amd for this long you've seen this entire conversation around the importance of semiconductors grow in volume and importance and in the ministries and in businesses constantly over the past two decades you know semiconductors are today such an integral thing that they're there in light bulbs in cars in appliances everything when you when you started out as an executive when you when you started your career Did you imagine this piece of technology to become this important today that it, it it could just well be the one of the biggest geopolitical factors of the world today? Yeah, well, uh, semiconductors always carried that potential to change people's lives, and then you know, for a lot of people in the industry, it I think we were always aware of the potential that it carried. I mean, just automating the whole thing and the advent of AI, which can actually have the potential to change people's lives significantly for the better. Uh, but you know, it's only now in the last few years that the semiconductor industry is really getting its due. You know, uh, whether it was it's because of the uh, supply chain challenges or because of COVID or you know because of all the emphasis on automation ai finally semiconductors are getting their due and there's a lot of focus worldwide to achieve self reliance in uh, semi chip manufacturing and chip design i mean this has become a worldwide phenomenon and, and it's a great feeling you know we are no longer clubbed uh, as one of the it one of the segments in the it industry or you know we are not clubbed as hardware testing engineers so finally i feel we are in, at the right place at the right time but i mean you know there is so much growth so much potential that this uh, industry holds uh, and and many countries are are kind of having this goal they're making policies uh, to build and, and strengthen the semiconductor ecosystem in in their regions and india too has been a great uh, 
you know uh, a proponent or or the focus has been extremely good by the government of india to strengthen the ecosystem and and grow the semiconductor industry in the region and uh, talent is probably one of the biggest requirements for the industry that the entire wo- world is kind of looking at and india has the greatest potential here as well where with a vibrant talent pool and with more than about half a million engineers graduating year on year i believe we can if we can convert the talent into skilled labor we can actually become the talent hub for the world and not just for india correct me if i'm wrong but uh, india has already and historically had a pretty large developer base of course and also a pretty large engineering base and that has also applied to the semiconductor industry as well right Yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, the design uh, sector in the semiconductor industry has uh, I mean it really started almost 3 decades ago in India with uh, many companies investing uh, and opening up design centers here. So it's a very mature uh, sector, but there are also other aspects of the semiconductor ecosystem like the manufacturing ecosystem. It's really in the starting phases. I mean, there you see announcements, you see companies is coming in and starting to invest and also yeah. the whole if you look at the whole ecosystem uh, design will continue to grow organically and and that's a great uh, growth story manufacturing is picking up and that's where there's also a lot of focus on uh, having the talent ready building the talent readiness for the manufacturing sector so it it is again if you look at the entire industry yes you have a large presence but there are also sectors that are just starting and need to be you know developed further right absolutely in fact uh, jay you are the chairperson for the semicon talent building committee if i'm not wrong yes uh, so how does the semicon talent building committee sort of approach this like what are they doing anything different are they putting any impetus because i think during semicon or a little before that there were a few announcements from some companies amd itself unveiled its uh, engineering center and a couple of other companies also spoke about you know sort of building this talent capacity so so where where do we stand in that regard and what what exactly are we doing yeah So I had this uh, opportunity and honor to be the chairperson for the talent building uh, capacity building committee I mean it had representatives from academia industry and government uh, so there yeah. were about 13 uh, committee members who worked together and the goal was really to come up with a set of recommendations to make india a talent hub for the semiconductor industry worldwide i mean so that was the, the approach that we took was Uh, to first look at the various sectors in the semiconductor industry like for example design system design manufacturing display you know uh, look at the very and and also r&d which is a very very important aspect of any growing industry so we kind yeah. of looked at various sectors and looked at the demand and supply uh, for each of these for the next 10 years so design as i mentioned before is is lot more mature than manufacturing and then there is organic growth of up to maybe annual uh, 15% growth that that can be expected whereas manufacturing we had to come up with uh, investments that that are going to potentially come into india and build the road map so it was a different uh, sector was 
the approach was different for different sectors and then uh, the overall approach that we took was once we came up with the uh, demand and supply for each of these sectors we got the gaps and in most sectors the gap was not really in the numbers i mean we of course have more than enough engineering graduates or technicians or uh, you know uh, operators that we can actually bring in but the gap was really in the skills so you know we came up with both short term and long term plans to address these skill set gaps on the short term or or let me say on the long term first we had recommendations to for the coursework or changes in the curriculum or engineering degrees that are given out making vlsi or semiconductor a major uh, graduating course and and also for the short term where while the curriculum changes take about 4 to 5 years for engineers to you know go through and graduate there needs to be a short term approach as well that can right. provide a list of courseworks along with the lab ex- exercises which is a very important aspect uh, to for reskilling and upskilling so the government of india has also partnered with universities like purdue uh, for these kind of short term courses that can actually help students who want to reskill and upskill so this was the overall approach of the committee recommendations committee and we submitted a 70 page uh, report uh, to the government of india for, with these uh, recommendations and also glad to say as a follow up to the recommendations committee an implementations committee has also been set up and aicte chairman professor sitaram uh, is is the chairperson for this committee and they are kind of implementing the recommendations and we are also involved uh, you know where we review these implementations uh, every with a, on a regular cadence just to make sure you know we are doing the right thing with respect to what is recommended versus what is implemented so if you uh, the latest announcements have been uh, great to see about 300 colleges be offering vlsi major curriculums uh, courses so it's uh, it's actually taking effect quite uh, nicely right no that's really heartening to hear in fact uh, uh, we know one of the things that you know colloquially probably got misaligned when uh, the entire semiconductor push started was that oh india doesn't have a semiconductor industry you know it's all china it's all taiwan and so on and so forth but the fact that india contributes such a significant portion to the semiconductor design and engineering as with amd itself that sort of leads me to think that and this is one thing that i think many of us have had a question for a while that you know semiconductor manufacturing is one thing and i can see why different countries would want to have their own capabilities and you know geopolitical boundaries and so on and so forth when it comes to semiconductor design you know the design and the engineering and the sort of ip building end of things doesn't necessarily need to have boundaries right it can happen pretty much anywhere in that regard is there sort of any benefit or advantage to sort of you know look at india as a talent hub is that like a natural sort of course of action because india has had that engineering talent so build it up even further to sort of cater to global industries or does talent building also have like a say a geopolitical sort of angle to that 
Yeah. Uh, so as I mentioned, I mean, each of these sectors, design or manufacturing, the uh, starting point is different and also the approach is slightly different. I mean, if you yeah. look at uh, companies like AMD that started in India about 20 years ago, we've seen yeah. significant uh, you know, portion of the work, engineering work getting done out of India. Year on yeah. year, we've not just expanded and grown in terms of headcount, but also in terms of uh, engineering abilities and, and also our ability to take on and deliver something with the required quality and within the required schedule. So that is the organic growth in terms of capability or in terms of how we can take on more complex designs and deliver. I mean, that growth has been happening consistently. And as we grow, the talent uh, maturity also grows and, and the talent requirement kind of, uh, it, it plays well with what we have in India. Whereas manufacturing is more of a, at a starting phase, you you are really, and it's also a very capital in, intense uh, sector where you need to pump in uh, millions of dollars even before you can actually employ anyone, right? I mean, all these equipments and the processes are extremely uh, expensive. So, and the talent requirement for semiconductor is all uh, manufacturing is, is slightly different while design relies on more of engineering abilities uh, starting from uh, BE, ME, uh, you know, PhDs and postdocs. Uh, the range of uh, employment in manufacturing is slightly different. I mean, you can also, you need a lot of operators uh, with, with a diploma or a high school degree. You need technicians, you need process engineers, you also need R D. So the range is different. But and that's where the approach is more of to we need to train the trainers, right? We need to create the teachers. It's not just offering uh, the curriculums, but we need to create people who are going to offer and teach these uh, courses. And and we need to create an ecosystem where, uh, you know, engineers are uh, evangelized and attracted and brought in to this industry. So there are a lot of these uh, things that are comprehended in the talent uh, building report that we have addressed, including the startup ecosystem or how do we encourage more and more women uh, to be part of this industry and how do we evangelize and attract more and more students to make semiconductors uh, their choice in the career. So there are many such peripheral issues also that have been uh, you know addressed. Absolutely and in this regard in fact uh, you know another thing that I did want to understand and um, you know, this is a, a very uh, important point that you've mentioned. So, and I think AMD's India Engineering Center is probably one of AMD's biggest globally outside of North America, if I'm not wrong. So, what kind of work happens here? Because, and the reason why I ask this is because, you know, processes like the Threadripper and everything have had this sort of connotation in the consumer gaming space where they are pretty much some of the most cutting edge consumer end processors that you can find and even on yeah. the enterprise end these epic processors are right up there with the yeah. best in the industry and they're becoming even more important with generative ai and so on coming forward are these do do the indian teams also contribute to the sort of design and engineering of of some of these cutting edge products as well yeah, absolutely 
So uh, the way uh, the working model at AMD is, you know, we have design centers. We have many design centers across the globe. And we don't really design products for for specifically for the design center. It's more of the roadmap, the product pro portfolio that AMD offers and all of us work on it. And if you look at India uh, design center, we started about 20 years ago and we have consistently grown both in terms of headcount, which is around 7,000 now. And not just in terms of headcount, but in terms of engineering ability and the ownership and the importance of the work that happens in India has consistently grown and the teams in India are involved in pretty much every AMD product that is brought out and if I uh, can explain the work that happens broadly you can classify into three categories one is IP development and the other one is SOC designs and the third one is software uh, development. So all right. three of these segments have a major presence in India. Uh, so when I look at when you look at IP development, we have major uh, teams uh, for CPU, uh, which is the core or or the central right. processing unit in the design. And then we also have major IPs. Uh, uh, teams that are present in India for Infinity Fabric that kind of communicates uh, from the CPU to the rest of the system. And uh, there are also uh, FIs and DDR memory subsystems and other things that a lot of the IP work also happens in India. And uh, we have uh, SOC, system on chip, which is like stitching together of various different IPs and actually getting uh, product out. Uh, so the server and the client, which are two major segments for AMD products, the SOC designs happen completely out of India. And we also have a good uh, presence for uh, graphics and also semi-custom BU uh, teams as well. And software, uh, we have uh, CPU software and also GPU software for graphics. So both of these teams, we have a pretty large presence in AMD India. So you look at the overall uh, AMD portfolio, almost every product has a significant contribution from India. And also, uh, you know, there are many segments uh, that the India engineers are innovating and, and contributing towards the products. Right. Is AMD, is this focus on having this India engineering team play such an important role on the overall innovation roadmap for your company? Was that like a conscious choice that the company made at some point and then it's now grown like was it like an initial setup that was done here for cost factors or something else and yeah. and now it has sort of evolved to become this important? Yeah, I think it has evolved over time, even, you know, for people who believed in India initially 20 years ago, most of the companies were coming here for financial benefit. You right. know, there were there was skepticism on how things would work. I mean, of course, any new player would start that way. And that's how AMD also started. Right. But over time, as the India design centers developed, as our engineers gained more and more capabilities and as the leadership teams grew here in India, 
there was it it kind of became a undisputed uh, you know uh, thing that hey this work can happen out of india this is india is a major player for us as a design center and this makes yes. sense to move this to india or or you know provide more opportunities to these engineers so it was it's more like an evolution that happened and the fact that you know there was a strong leadership team in india and many of us also worked in amd uh, us and brought back that experience that also helped and and also the capabilities uh, that that were available and we also invested in a lot of internal training to train our engineers so all of these approaches helped in uh, amd india play, playing a more important and critical role in uh, our product development so i think it was a combination of many things that led to that a uh, level of trust that we have now we have achieved now and amd india is a very very critical uh, part of overall amd now um jay do you think the companies that design the semiconductor ips and products are more crucial or is it the manufacturers who make the actual course both are equally important right yeah. uh, i mean man, i know there is a lot of focus on manufacturing now uh, right. because that's also in the starting phases right but uh, i mean without your designs you can't manufacture so design is is like the base for right. for manufacturing uh, so both are equally important uh, although they are in different phases of development so I, that's yeah. why you probably will see little more focus on manufacturing with the media and all the announcements okay. but okay. Uh, the design focus cannot be taken away i mean you have to continue to focus and it's also a developing a dynamic environment right i mean you have to keep up with the latest and greatest technologies you can't be left behind. kind with you know generative ai llms i mean there is so much opportunity so much change that's happening in the industry we are at an inflection point and it is absolutely important to keep ourselves updated and ahead of the curve all the time with right. these changing times right. so you cannot take the focus away from the design so it's it's equally important absolutely does it worry you sometimes that and this is not necessarily probably just just an engineering question or or just an india question but generally given that you lead a tech company which has such a massive global presence does it sometimes worry or concern you that the overall tech world like the, the overall world today especially you know when we look at technology and innovation there's always been global collaboration there's always been companies which are spread across the world and there's always been innovation at a sort of universal level yeah does it worry you today that we live in an increasingly fragmented world now well it's both right uh, one is why why with the advancements of technology the world is kind of coming together in one way right i mean it's become a global village i mean communication is easy i mean i just can think of a person and just get a message instantly so you know it's a in that way it has brought the humanity uh, together and closer but uh, you know any 
great thing always comes with some challenges, right? I mean, it can also be disruptive in many ways. I mean, if not used, if technology is not used responsibly, it can definitely be disruptive to the lives. I mean, you see so many cyber attacks and, you know, things that are increasing by the day. And even like, you know, AI, if you're not responsible in using that technology, it can actually be pretty uh, disruptive uh, to our lives. So th- I think these are two sides of the same coin. I mean, you you have to kind of uh, look at uh, the growth opportunity and other things while being very, very responsible in how to how the technology is being used. Uh, so the security aspects become a lot more important uh, than before now. Absolutely. And just a while ago, in fact, I have to ask this because you did mention AI and generative AI. And, you know, it's become that phrase which pretty much the entire world is using right now. There is this entire hype, buzz, all of it. Yeah. Was this technology, given that AMD is a, you know, like a fabulous chip maker which makes uh, processors and um, products for the world, does generative AI make a difference to a company like AMD? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, AI is not just uh, restricted to, uh, you know, chat GPT and other big things that are being talked about, right? The concept of AI can play a role in every engineering aspect that we do, right? I mean, just uh, machine learning, for example, you you can refine some of your and optimize some of your decisions by using these AI algorithms, or you can look at collate data and get the da- learnings from the data that can help you with your next steps. So there are so many of these aspects that are intertwined into the engineering work that we do so it it is a hugely important one that we are and the potential is just tremendous right and and that's what worries uh, many folks as well because the potential is so big i mean it can also become very disruptive so yeah i mean ai is hugely important i think for every every tech company and not right. just india yeah. right absolutely Thank you so much for this, Jaya. But before signing off, we'll do a quick couple of questions of for rapid fire of sorts. It's not exactly rapid fire, but these are more fun questions that are not strictly related to, you know, the more serious things that we keep talking about. And one of the first things is if if a class five or a class seven student asked you to explain how an SOC is made, if you had to explain it to such a kid in, say, a minute, how would you do that? You know, I would say, uh, I would compare that to a human body. You know, it's like assembling, uh, like your CPU is your uh, brain and, uh, you know, you have your clock that is that has to be, uh, you know, that has to run through your entire design. That's your circuitry or, or your nerves that carry those messages and you know it and every ip is like an organ in your body that enables you to function uh, you know whatever you intend to so i mean i guess that that's probably one of the easiest ways i can uh, uh, define a chip for a kid or a five yeah. a fifth grader or a second grader right right, right. awesome and the second question that i had is do you believe that 
AI apocalypse will happen? Do you think AI will finally take our, eventually take our jobs and eventually lead to the doom of mankind? Or do you think that's just alarmism? No, I don't believe it will get us to uh, to that drastic of a situation uh, because there is, I mean, human mind is also responsible. It knows when it's a bit too late and start to become more responsible. I'm sure we have enough livers and uh, responsible folks around to avoid or, or stop that uh, from happening. So it is very important while we understand the potential of of this technology, it's equally important to put those guards and rails uh, into this where we don't kind of, uh, you know, fool ourselves later saying, oops, it it has the potential, but I don't honestly think it can just replace a human mind or replace the human, humane aspects that we bring uh, to the environment. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jaya. This has been an absolute pleasure to have you on Techsatra. And um, it was fascinating to hear from someone who heads EMD's operations in India. And given that the, the increasing importance that chip companies play in the world today, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show and hear from you. So thank you. Thank you for your thank time. Thank you, Shovik. It was a great conversation and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jaya. So thank you. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Jaya Jagdish, the country head of AMD India, joining us for this week of TechCetera. That's it. See you next time. So that's that for this episode. We really hope that you enjoyed what we discussed. And if you have suggestions in terms of what more we can cover as part of our podcast, do let us know. You can catch me at Distant Vicinity on Twitter and at Shavik Das on Instagram. Thank you so much. See you next time. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.